risen. Yes, yeah, you are very excited. He's risen indeed. Okay. All right. I mean, this, I, I was, I've been uh, weirdly nervous about today. Uh, normally, I'm not really uh, as nervous because I had to remember what I had to say there in the meeting. And I, I also have to try to get all the stuff out of, the he- out of my head today. Um, uh, and there's much, so I'm not sure how it's, if it's going to come out in the right order. But I hope so. By the <laughs> Holy Spirit, it will be helpful. Um, but... Before I get uh, too ahead of myself, we will today read from Matthew 7, um, 1 through 14. Uh, before I do, I would say what a privilege it has been for me uh, to study through Matthew and and uh, in wrestle with what Jesus says. Like often, man, like he is... Wow. Also today, the statements he makes, like, wow, what are you saying? Uh, so it's been a privilege to wrestle with the text, and I hope you are doing the same here and also as you're reading along. Um, but let's read together. And, and so uh, Matthew writes, and this is Jesus speaking. And I'm actually going to cheat. I'm actually going to go a little bit back and just start in 633. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, you do not have to be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Judge not that you not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, "Let me take out the speck, let me take the speck out of your eye," when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite! First, take out the log of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give the dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest you trample them underfoot and 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 turn and attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, hev- your Father who is in heaven give you good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others should do for you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, the leads, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, 
and those who find it are few. Amen. So, so there's so many things. So if I at some point stop and just say, we'll take it next time, then it's because I've gone too long and I said too many things. <laughs> but we'll try. We'll try and see how it goes. Isn't he interesting, Jesus? He just starts and say, first he said from last time, seek first the kingdom of God. Therefore you don't have to be anxious. And then today he starts, judge not. If you're like me, I shared a little story with <laughs> Jonathan and Aaron that I was I was taking a jog and then this person comes and he kind of looked a little bit like Hitler and <laughs> and he looked a little sad and in my mind in a flash of a second I was like that guy may maybe if he was in the second war war man maybe maybe he could he could have started the whole thing why such a silly example well because I know nothing about that guy but in maybe two seconds I make up this crazy story about who he could be because of what he looked like (laughs) I know that Jesus is is really trying to push that we shouldn't be hypocrites. But I think if we just isolate the first part, the first part of the verse, and just let it, let it press our hearts and minds about how fast am I to judge other people? That I don't have any idea what they are like. That was at least something I had to come be confronted with here with Jesus' words. It's like, don't be that way. Don't have that spirit of being overcritical or overjudgmental. Because what happens in the next line? Jesus says, the way you treat other people, the measure, like they are building over on the other side, they use measuring sticks. Or measuring cups. If the way, if the way I view other people, I have a measuring stick that this is long, or this measuring cup that this is so big. And when I look at other people, I just pour it all out of them. But what's in the cup, or what's, what's on this measuring stick? Is it full of grace and mercy? peace and kindness or is it malice wrath anger frustration being fast to be angry not thinking the best about other people and that this is Jesus' strong warning to all of us the way you judge other people is going to be the way that God judges 
you. It's also a fantastic motivation for us to grasp the mercy that God has had towards us in Jesus. That we deserve so much punishment and instead he's shown us patience, kindness, mercy and he even sought us out when we were his enemies. Then is that what we pour out on other people? Jesus continues and he presses and, and, and this one is also a little bit troubling. I don't know about you and sometimes it can be motivating. Sometimes I, 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 my work is sometimes, it's, I work on this, um, biking sometimes and you can see sometimes people are having big fights or you can see people, they walk hand in hand but they're very angry at one another. <laughs> and, and, or you can see a parent doing something that's like, Ah, I wouldn't do, I don't want to do that. Why do we have the ability to see everybody else's sin so clearly? But sometimes we have a very hard time seeing our own. Like the, those examples is sometimes something that has motivated me, but like, okay, I don't want to be like that. I want to then go and look at myself and be like, am I like that? And so it can motivate us. But here Jesus is saying other thing and saying like, why is it that you find it so easy to see even the smallest fault in other people? Some people say that this is translated sawdust. Some people say it's because Jesus is a carpenter. He's using these metaphors. Maybe. So the speck in the eye is so small, like a piece of sawdust. Why can we see when other people have such a little fault but and then you use it uh, kind of an absurd metaphor of having this like huge stick in our own eyes and we cannot see that some person said we're all blind to our own blind spots but how is it that we cannot see something huge in our eye but we can pick out in Stephen's eye I can pick out a speck of sawdust so Jesus is pressing the metaphors to the absurd here. And Jesus is like, you are hypocrites. If you start walking around correcting everybody else and having a judgmental spirit and picking at small sawdust things in people, when you haven't even looked in the mirror and there's like a huge, huge like stick, you can hear I'm not a carpenter, but this stick thing, a big stick, log, piece of wood uh, in your eye. So why is that? Why is it so easy for us to see everybody else's fault but so hard for us maybe to see our own faults? And then, then Jesus just, he takes this weird, weird turn here. And he's like, don't give the dogs what is holy lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. (sighs) 
But everybody, everybody, like in everybody in culture, is like, yeah, Jesus is a, he's a nice guy. He's a, like he's nice to people. He does all these good things. And I'm like reading through Matthew this time. I'm not saying Jesus is not. He's amazing. But sometimes he also really confronts us, just like he just said, don't judge. Like, why are you so easy to see others' fault? And now he says, don't throw things to dogs, what is holy. Don't throw your pearls before pigs. So he just used metaphors from his work. Now it's agriculture and stray dogs analogy. So I was praying through these things and thinking through these things and some smart people say it's, 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 it's like what is holy is like what's offered on the in the temple and it's like somebody taking an offering and throwing it into the unclean stray dogs that lives of garbage but I was I was reminded about the verse um, from Proverbs yeah, if you can find that one, um, where it talks about, yeah, does uh, the the sick the one you had before? And so, whoever corrects a scoffer gets abused, and he who imp- and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. So I think what Jesus is saying here is that when you have taken the log out of your own eye, and you see a brother or sister who does something wrong, then you can in humility go and say, hey, I think you need to change something. Jesus here says that, but you have to have the wisdom to know whether that person is going to turn around and abuse you because they have no intention of following what Jesus says. So so it's a, don't judge. When you have taken inventory of yourself, you, you in love come and, come and want to change somebody or not change somebody but want to encourage somebody to Christ know who and how to do it through the spirit and also know that if you have no relationship with people you can't do this like this is like sometimes when what goes wrong when people post things on Facebook and other places and we, we want other people that don't want to follow Jesus to have our ethic well, they don't. And they never said they will. And so you will get scoffing and reproof back. So it's having the wisdom to know when to share, when to encourage towards Jesus. And then Jesus has good timing. He goes straight into talking about prayer. 
Because, like, how do we know that? Well, Jesus answers. He says, ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For anyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. As I was thinking about these things, I was like, well, yeah, we do need to, I really do need to, like, be asking God to help me not to judge people. Uh, Asking and seeking Jesus, like, in that, and knocking for God to help. And the same thing with, like, if I in love reprove somebody else, ask, how do I do it? How is the right way? And help me to have the door that be opens to it. And so Jesus encouraged us, and we, we just, over in a half a chapter ago, he gives us a small prayer to pray. And so he just emphasizes again to ask, to seek, to knock. I, I was thinking about it as well, and I was thinking, how many times... How many times do we go to somebody's house and we just stand outside and wait for them to open? But we, we don't really do that, do we? <laughs> and then we, we ask, we seek, and we find the door and we knock, expecting that they will open. But I don't know, I think sometimes maybe in the Christian life, maybe... Sometimes, sometimes we can be like, "Oh God, well God will do stuff. Like He, He's He's going. He He will preserve me. He'll help me. He'll lead me through." And yes, He will. But He also asks us to ask, to seek Him, and to help us to know what we should do in the different situations. So it's a good thing to ask, to seek, and to knock. And then Jesus explains more why. Because then he explains about for people know how to get, give good things to others, to their children. So then he gives a kind of, again, a, a slightly absurd, absurd um, example. If you give a if you if you're if a kid asks for bread, do you give him a stone, or even more crazy, like do you if he asks a fish, you give him a serpent? And Jesus is again contrasting. He says that you who are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give you good things to those who ask? contrasting of how good a father God is with us who Jesus calls evil we know how to do good but God is all good how much more will he give what we need when we ask for it
And then he comes, and then it switches, switches right to this verse where Jesus, Jesus then say, says, so where, what, whatever you do, or whatever you wish others would do for do, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. I was like, what? why would you say that right there? I mean, I, we're talking about not judging, we're talking about having wisdom, know how to talk to people, we're asking that we believe and ask God and seeking and knocking and that God is good. And all Jesus talks about, yeah, if you want to fulfill the law and prophets, treat other people the way that you want to be treated. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about that, and I've always found this verse very strange. Especially when pastors will be up here, or even at a wedding, or other places, and they will say to the man and husband, just treat your wife like you want to be treated. And it makes no sense. Because... So I should give my wife golf clubs. No. It doesn't make sense. There's something else. So I think in this... Just to explain. So if you treat somebody else the same way with that you want to be treated, it's not in specifics like that. It is... If we bring it back to... Okay, so... You have had a meal and you have something in your teeth. Do you want somebody to tell you you have something in your teeth or do you want to see that when you get home? Because somebody saw something in you all day and nobody told you. So what Jesus is telling us to do is all right, if you in love is going, are going to rebuke somebody, how would you like somebody to approach you? Do you want them to be like super mean and pointed out in front of other people? Or would you like to be treated with the grace that God has treated you? So when Jesus is asking, whatever you wish others would do to you, do for them. This is the law and the prophets. Yes, it's everything. But you can't assume that it's (laughs) getting golf clubs or something like that. No, but it's how do we treat one another? How is it that I understand how do I understand the grace and mercy and how can I, of God, and how can, I, how can I share that with other people? And the difficult thing even, even becomes, how does, that's a longer story, but how does that other person actually receive that? They might be different from me. How can I, in a way that they understand, say, like, I love you, I'm for you, you should change this because Jesus loves you. And then we fall, not fall, but then we, we hit right the next place. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. 
and those who enter in it are many. For the gate is narrow, the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Jesus is talking about you can decide to just go with what everybody else says. You can go the path of least resistance. Or you can choose to ask, or you can choose to seek, and you can choose to knock, and you can choose to take the way that's harder, the way where you have to look at yourself and see if you have a big log in your head, in your eye, the way where you ask for wisdom, the way you find out and try to see how can you love other people even when you get spurned and scorned by others, ridiculed by culture and people in your family maybe even. The wide way is easy and it doesn't cause us to change. But being confronted with who Jesus is and his words and wanting to stay on this narrow path that's hard narrow, challenging. And even a brother or sister would come to us and say, hey, there's some things you need to change. You can run to the big path and say, there's nothing to do with me. Or you can embrace what the person says and says, yeah, I I, I, want to keep on walking this way. Jesus is clear what it leads to the wide one leads to hell and destruction. It is of less challenge and change in your life, but it doesn't lead to life. The hard one leads to hard work, trust, seeking, knocking, asking for wisdom to walk that way. When Jesus asks us in the beginning to stop judging, it seems so counterintuitive. Like Jesus, what? Is, what we, everyone does that, you know. Everyone does that. But He's trying to lead us into life. This is what's challenging about Jesus all the time is it seems so difficult. His words seem so difficult. It's like, Jesus, there's no way I cannot do this. I do it all the time. But he's asking us into life. He's asking us away, this way, he's asking us away from being God into worshiping God to enjoy the freedom of what we were created for to worship God, not to be God. Because I should have said that earlier, but I just think about how much time you spend judging other people. What a freedom if we don't have to do that. Especially with people you don't love, you don't care about. Just let it go. Spend time encouraging people towards Jesus instead. When we are in that place, it's like what we talked about before, and I think we can 
have the verse there from Ephesians 4, uh, 15, 16, that we grow up into love. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint which is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so it builds itself up in love. That was also the verse I was trying to say that that's the kind of fellowship we want to be. Everybody is playing their right, right role in the body. And speaking in the truth, not going like you're judging one another, but speaking the truth in love, that we will grow up together into Christ. And that the body grows and builds itself up in love. That's a different form than harshly and hypocritically judging one another. Most of Jesus' words, like I've said now three times, it confronts us in the places. And it's not easy. Like it's impossible. It is impossible if Jesus didn't send his son. We're celebrating this week, this last week, every week that Jesus did come. He did come all the time. I or you have harshly judged people, even hypocritically. For all the time we did not seek God, for all the time we did not knock, all the times we didn't ask, but we just did our own thing. All those things, God in Christ emptied himself, became a servant born as a baby and lived here on earth a perfect life did not sin, he obeyed his father and he died to reconcile us to God. He didn't stay dead. He died for all our transgressions. But he rose again three days later that we might get his righteousness. So yes, it is pretty impossible not to judge people. But in Christ through the Holy Spirit, through the way that God has shown us mercy and grace. We can grow to say, okay, God, you are the judge. You're the one who should be judging. My role is to obey you, to follow you, and to encourage other people to do the same. And when something has to be confronted... I don't do it with hypocritical motives. I do it because I love the other person and want them to follow you closer. So he said, Jesus is calling us to something better. Don't spend so much time judging everybody else. Spend your time asking, seeking, knocking, 
thin when you're walking, the windy path that's hard, that's what keeps us close to God and through the Holy Spirit would keep us on the path. Not because we are good, as Jesus said, we are evil, but because God is good. And Jesus is trying to lead us into life, lead us into God's plan for our lives. To the, the many good works he's laid out before the foundation of the world even began, that we walk in those. That's what Jesus is calling us to when he says don't judge hypocritically. Uh, back to my have wisdom we can ask for wisdom we can ask God we can seek God we can knock we can look at Jesus and say okay how do I treat other people how do I fulfill the law and the prophets well we don't but he did. He said that nothing is gonna, nothing from the law and a prophet will go away. I'll come and fulfill it. And he did it in his life, in his death, in his resurrection. Our blessed hope is Jesus' works, not our own, but he encourages us because of his work by the Holy Spirit that we will follow in his footsteps to show the grace of God to other people. Stop being God point people to God instead as we worship who God is through Jesus Christ because he has dealt so gracefully and merciful with us when we failed and so when we come to Jesus he gives us a strong call to take the hard way not the broad way Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. Again, it's like what Jesus, it's a painful instrument. Yeah, yeah. But it's the good path. It's the path that leads to life. The other one leads to death. It's a strong encouragement for us to trust in who God is, that he is a good God, and that we can trust him, and we see his love for us in Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your faithfulness and kindness towards all of us, even in your creation. You are the Lord of heaven and earth, and you, Jesus, you hold everything together, every speck of dust, every everything. And we are so many people here, six billion, eight billion, how many we are on earth. And you know each of us intimately. You know where we have doubts and failures. You know all of it. Still you loved us by sending your son. And Jesus, your obedience, your kindness, your goodness towards us and all the failing people see in your life and in your death and your resurrection. And God, we praise you and honor you. And Jesus, you're right there at the hand of the Father praying for us and we thank you. Lord, I pray as these 
that your word has been has been as we've read your word I pray that you're changing us and molding us to be more like you Lord in our own selves this is very very difficult but Lord I ask you to help us to encourage us to know that in your in your Holy Spirit we can trust you that you're good to ask to seek to knock help us be strong and courageous and take the hard way and not the easy way because we know your way is the best I pray you would help us lead us into life help us to know that you are life Jesus and you've shown us the way of how to do things we thank you and praise you in Jesus name Amen So you may stand up for the benediction. Paul writes to the Romans. Now to him who is able to establish you according to the gospel, to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret for long past but now has been disclosed. And through the scriptures of the prophets in accordance with the commandments of the eternal God has been made known to all nations, leading to the obedience of faith to the only wise God through Jesus Christ. Be glory forever and ever. Amen.